You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Monday, January 17th. Also, uh, the birthday of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Mm -hmm. And uh, perhaps some of you are observing that today. Many of you observing that with maybe a day off or special events going on today. So we are pre-recorded for this today Mm -hmm. and looking forward to talking with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman in in her book, Finding Hope from Brokenness to Restoration. We'll do that in just a moment. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. It is time to check in with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman. Good morning, Heidi. Good morning. Good to be with y'all. Happy Monday and Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday today as well. Thanks for mm-hmm. recording with us in advance. I'm not sure. You may have some special events going on today or you might be frozen in where you are. That's true. I, it is probably a combination of both. <laughs> so today we move on to the next chapter, the next section in your book, Finding Hope from Brokenness to Restoration. And today we're going to look at the topic of intimacy and everyone shudders. We're all afraid of that don't, word. Don't turn this off. It will be okay. <laughs> why is it awkward? Why is it hard to, what do we mean by this word intimacy and why is it so awkward? You know, it's funny. I think about my experience when I was sitting down with CPH to decide what Bible study I should release first with them. And they, it's such a great team. They basically were like, we love your writing. Like, what would you like to write on? And I presented some different things and the two top choices were like Galatians and then Song of Solomon or Song of Songs. And I was like, for sure, we're going with Galatians because we're extra Lutheran and we, you know, love us some freedom in Christ. And also Galatians is so safe. It's very safe, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, we went with Song of Solomon, Song of Songs right out of the gate. And so I'm like, wow, the very first thing I'm writing about to the world publicly in a published form is really about intimacy. Mm-hmm. And I kept trying to find a way to talk about it without saying the word intimacy because I thought people would just, you know, put the book down. Like, And that sounds maybe exaggerated to people, but it is true. Like, I'm a therapist. I watch people's face change when I say the word intimacy. And it's kind of universal. It's not just for middle school boys that don't like this term. A lot of us are really uncomfortable with that. And I think part of that's our cult. I don't know why we're so comfortable with intimacy and sexuality and things like that on TV and entertainment, but we're so uncomfortable with it in conversation. That's maybe not healthy. But intimacy, I think one thing that helps us understand it and be able to enter the discussion better about it is that intimacy does not equal sexuality. That's a That's a small piece of it. Intimacy is a much bigger piece of the puzzle. And then obviously we need to ask ourselves why we're so concerned about actually addressing the topic of sexual intimacy and not and not being able to deal with that too. And so Song of Solomon is a great place to start biblically if you want to get a little bit more cozy with intimacy and understand that there's way more in that book than what we think of and what comes to mind when we first say the word intimacy. Thank you, American culture. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, thy strong word, uh, Pastor Brady Finner, just, they just did Song of Solomon 
Oh, sometime at the end of last year. So you can mm-hmm. find that mm-hmm. if you want to dig in uh, your Bible study, of course, and also Thy Strong Word. Cool. Great place to start for, for Song mm-hmm. of Solomon and a very well-grounded scriptural study mm-hmm. of this. They handled it very well. They, yes. yes, they handled it very well. I think so that's I, really helpful. Yeah, I was going to say, yes. too, probably likely because they didn't just stay there. Like Song of Solomon is a book that requires us to go to other books to understand the passages better. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a piece of intimacy is that we really need to understand intimacy from a full perspective throughout scripture. Um, And that's one thing that we attempt to do in Finding Hope too, is like, what is intimacy in the fullness of it, you know, from God's perspective as he offers it to us in relationship? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's very helpful to look at intimacy in a much broader sense to understand it more so it's maybe not so uncomfortable and awkward and we all get like blush when we start talking about it. So I I would like your definitions. What are these definitions that you have for intimacy? Yeah, you know me, I like to offer at least two definitions because as much as we would like things to be simple and concrete and to the point that isn't always true, you know, intimacy is, I guess we can nail it down, but at the same time, it looks different in different circumstances to some degree. And so I will give you both definitions and then we can pick them apart a little bit. The first one is a depth of relationship, often reflected interpersonally as a sense of well-being and safety. So a depth of relationship, that's a really important piece of that. And then the second one is a relational state that includes a sense of being deeply known of someone knowing us inside and out, the strengths and the flaws, and offering us unconditional love with intentional accountability. So that Mm. one has obviously a lot of pieces. Any words (laughs) stick out to you guys? Maybe that's a good way to start with that is things that stick out to you about intimacy in that verbiage. Deeply known. Yeah, I love there's a song by a Christian artist, Wells is his last name. I don't know why his like first name is uh, evading me right now, but about being known and loved. And that song always speaks to my heart because it is scriptural, because the word known is used so often in scripture to describe what intimacy is. Of course, being known in the Bible, particularly in the Old Testament, is one way that the Hebrew language translates um, to sexual intimacy between a husband and a wife, sometimes outside of it and the the destruction of that. But it also talks about it in other ways. And the Apostle Paul especially talks about in one of his letters that I want to be known. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. And he uses both of those circumstances in different places. um, And they fit together really well because that's exactly what we're going for. It's a two-way street intimacy is. Um, And that's what God offers us, right? He doesn't offer us a one-way relationship. Um, That would be a false God where we go offer things to him and we never know if he's responding. Um, And and sometimes it can feel like that, I think. Uh, But with Jesus Christ, we know he is always responding and we know we're known by him. Um, Psalm 139 is a beautiful place to go for this, right? That that he sees, he hears, he knows our thoughts, um, he uh, knows our hearts, um, and he is with us throughout those things, whether they look pretty or whether they don't. And I think that that is really true intimacy from a Christian perspective is, again, just like vulnerability, we have that foundation of intimacy with God. And so then we can begin to go 
offer intimacy in our own relationships and um, rest in safety and intimacy in other relationships, truly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said safety. <laughs> um, and that was in my notes. Is there a relationship between safety and intimacy? Yeah, I would propose that there's no intimacy without safety. <laughs> like we could try. We could pretend at it. Um, and this is a huge piece for our mental health, right? Um, we all exist uh, in our early childhood and we are birthed into attachment relationships, um, relationships that teach us what safety is or don't, you know, they fail to teach us what safety is. Um, and so those relationships then also reflect to us who God is most clearly for us than, than um, anything else, like any other relationships. I think we would like to think that we completely have our understanding of God from a objective uh, perspective, that we receive it from God's word, and then we believe it. And that is true. That's a piece of it. But we also have all this other stuff going on inside of us. Um, and attachment is one of those things. Um if we had caregivers who took care of us, who uh, picked us up when we cried, who listened and helped us feel heard and understood, then we are more likely to see that as available to us in the God of the universe and through Jesus Christ. Um, and so those are those are really important for our faith development, but also for our mental health then. And so safety um, and the absence of it then also uh, can have its impact on our other intimate relationships because our early attachment relationships impact hugely um, our romantic attachments later in particular in in marriage and in long-term romantic relationships, but in parenting relationships and then also in just friendships as well that are important to us and go the distance. And so without safety, those will always be surface level. Even Mm -hmm. if we talk about challenging things, if we do not feel heard, seen, or understood, which is huge in intimacy, then eventually it'll break down. Like we won't offer that vulnerability and we will not grow to be deeply known in those relationships. We'll shut down. And so will the other people. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about how all of this, I think it's it's easy to understand all of this may, easier maybe in a in that marriage relationship, in the romantic relationship. But I'm also thinking about the, the long-term friendships I've had, like over Christmas break. Uh, you know, I, I get to hang out with my friend that I've literally been friends with nearly my entire life. But that's, that is an, in, has intimacy too, because we, we know each other so well. And there's that, that, level of of that intimate relationship that is is not a sexual relationship but having those really solid friendships are are so important in those those relationships as as we mature and what i was thinking about especially is the strengths and flaws part of your definition and i love that because having the vulnerability like we talked about to to know each other's strengths and especially each other's flaws and have the the safety and the space to explore those Mm-hmm. in those relationships to to hold each other accountable. I think that's, I like that point. Yeah, I think it's important to bring up more about those other areas that aren't marriage in our life that serve this, because it actually does impact our marriages when we aren't getting that from other places. One relationship in our life, and I think we were designed this way by God, one relationship in our life cannot hold the weight of our need for intimacy. In fact, we were created to be people together when 
in the garden. You know, we go back to Genesis 2 time and time again as we talk about this because there was that place where it wasn't broken, right? Where intimacy wasn't broken. And in that, God still said, Adam needs someone. <laughs> like, And I really believe firmly that that's not just about the fact that Adam needed a wife, but that Adam needed humans, like that we need each other, that we need community in our life, that we need intimacy of other people. And so... God offers before brokenness that there is a need there and he wants to make sure that the world is complete and in completeness is relationship together. And so you're right. Friendship is a huge piece of that. And it's a complicated piece because it is hard. It doesn't necessarily come instantly or naturally. Sometimes it takes years. Sometimes they fall apart. Sometimes they're restored and sometimes they aren't. And so there is an entire chapter in Finding Hope that I feel like it could be a book about friendship because it's one complicated relationship of intimacy that you're right, we talk about less. We talk about it in marriage a little bit, but we don't always address it in our other relationships. And so we'll go through in the next few weeks too on Coffee Hour, some of those other relationships and what intimacy looks like in those individually. We are talking about intimacy and we're taking a look at... Heidi Gaiman's book, Finding Hope from Brokenness to Restoration. You can find it from Concordia Publishing House. We have more to chat about here on Mental Health Monday on the Coffee Hour. We'll continue the conversation in just a moment. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. You're a miracle. You know that, right? A living, breathing, one of a kind miracle. You were created to stand apart, to share your gifts in the service of others, to make an uncommon impact in a common world. And at Concordia University, it's our mission to help you do that, to live uncommon. To learn more about Concordia, go to cuw.edu. Welcome back to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Mental Health Monday on The Coffee Hour. We're chatting with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman, taking a look at her book, Finding Hope from Brokenness to Restoration. Today, we're taking a look at the topic of intimacy, and uh, hopefully you're still sticking around for the conversation (laughs) and really learning something. I know I am learning quite a bit about this topic because sometimes that word makes us a little uncomfortable, but what we're learning today makes us less uncomfortable so that we can actually chat about it. And it's not necessarily what our culture always makes us think that word is about. Let's go back to, uh, I want to dig into what does, how does brokenness affect intimacy and our family relationships. Mm -hmm. That's really good. I think when you think about brokenness, the first word I always want people to think of from now on is shame, which is unfortunate, but true. Um, I think that brokenness brings shame into relationships. It's it's the byproduct of brokenness. Um, We tend to internalize brokenness, whether it is actually our own fault and sin and guilt, um, or whether it is what is just simply around us, uh, we as human beings tend to internalize it. And so it manifests in shame and we feel this weight. It's so weighty that our relationships don't work the way we'd like them to. It's so weighty that we seem to be so um, not enough for the people around us at times, or they're not enough for us. It's so weighty that communication just about simple things like who's going to make dinner or who's, you know, like going to sweep the floor or 
you know, what you need, being able to say, like, I need help uh, in my mental health is so weighty that it it takes its toll on us. And so that, my friends, is shame in our lives. And our most intimate relationships will be the places that both hold that the most, but also relieve it the most. And that has to do with that deep knowing. Uh, because we are known, because they are safe, we um, also see more hurt in them because we're real. We're not, you know, prettying ourselves up a lot of times for our most intimate relationships. They also sometimes get the worst part of us because they're safe. You know, as a mom, I'm more likely to lose my stuff with my kids than I am my coworkers, which is unfortunate, but it is also just a fact. And so I need to deal with that reality. Um, and, you know, sometimes look for healthier behaviors and also just believe that grace is big and I can access it in my daily life. And to say to my kids, you know, I'm really sorry that mom was not doing well in that moment and I should have said that differently. Or um, to just recognize when someone's hurting um, and that there is no shame and hurt. And feel free to teach your kids and teach your loved ones and your friends and use the word shame and identify it where it is um, because that opens the door for deeper conversation which deepens the intimacy then and also helps the grace come in and, and make it really clear, uh, which is what I mean by our intimate relationships also then holding more healing and, and more uh, restoration in them uh, because we are also going to be able to access grace in places that are more intimate that we would not maybe with the grocery store checker or the person <laughs> you know in front of us in line. Mm -hmm. What are some of those real life things uh, that make intimacy, this abstract concept, so hard to kind of grasp, grasp sometimes? Mm. I think we are not good. And, you know, again, the book is about calling brokenness by name. And I think that that's part of the, the thing that makes something abstract less abstract, right? So we need to be able to call the things of brokenness around us by name. So whether that is um, words that hurt us, being able to say that hurt me is a huge verbiage that we need to be able to have in our life that I don't think is always accessible for us. Uh, we aren't always able to identify A, what hurt us, and we aren't able to maybe say it out loud too. And so those are some places that um, brokenness comes in that isn't really clear. I think another place that we see this in is the complication of relationships uh, that, you know, there is uh, divorce in life. There is broken friendships. There is uh, relationships that are awkward and weird in an early stage <laughs> and then maybe awkward and weird later too. And we're like, what in the world happened there? Um, those kind of aspects of relationship feel really abstract to us. What I would say is lean into those places that feel weird, feel awkward, feel abstract, um, and don't be afraid of them because that is where God is doing wild amounts of crazy work to show us grace. Um, I think that's really, I hate to say the benefit of brokenness because, you know, just like COVID, it doesn't feel like there's any benefits most days, uh, but there are some. And I think that that uh, when we call it by name, then we can see the grace more clearly in it. 
Why should we care about intimacy in our lives? Why um, why is it important that we mm-hmm. give it attention? Yeah, we know from research that intimacy hugely impacts our mental, emotional well-being, also our physical health. Uh, when we feel connected to other people, when we feel known, heard, understood, loved, valued, those things uh, actually give us better health. Uh, They lower our blood pressure. They uh, are correlated with being more physically active. Uh, They're more correlated with accessing the dreams and hopes that we have for the future um, and moving from hopelessness to hope. And so I we cannot minimize the impact that relationships have and working on relationships. So that's one thing we address in the book is that Relationships are effort, and I think we want them to just be easy. Intimacy, my friends, will never be easy. But I don't think easy things often end up worth it in the end. You know, I think we end up disappointed, whereas the things that had some effort involved um, do are more satisfying, if you will. Um, and so knowing and being deeply known is also an eternal concept. Like we may not have it today and we might not have exactly what we want even tomorrow or the day after, but we have an entire eternity to be known by God and to know God and also to know other people in that. And I think that's a really powerful thing that our hope is always in the fact that we live as eternal people. We don't always get it right now, but it will be there at some point. And I do think we do get to see it in our everyday in different ways too. Mm-hmm. So then how, how and where uh, do God, does God create intimacy in, uh, in our daily lives? Oh, sure. I think when we move through this chapter, you'll see that, you know, that family foundation is really the start. That's the way that God created it and intended it. And it goes out from there. That's why there's like concentric circles in the book that we have our attachment relationships that we talked about earlier in the episode. We have our family relationships, our family of origin, we call it. And we'll define that likely next time. And then we have our um, own families or our extended friendships. And then the body of Christ. We have all these places that God has designed that have existed from the beginning of time, right? Like all cultures have these things in different ways and we can find safety in some of them, not all of them, right? Because it's a broken world, but we do small things like bid for connection and we'll go through what that looks like in some of the chapters. And then we do other things, like I said, lean into awkwardness and be able to overcome with forgiveness and grace when there needs to be confession and restoration. And those those different pieces of the relationship puzzle that build intimacy, I think that God has also given us. The cool part of scripture is that we see this in actual relationships, the biblical real people, right? The accounts that are in scripture, their relationships have intimacy and they also have broken intimacy they have healing. They also have awkwardness. And so I think that's a really cool part of the Bible is that these are real people's stories that we can take some comfort in that we are not the only people trying to figure out intimacy and what it looks like in our lives. I'm pretty good at providing awkwardness, so this should be easy for me. <laughs> I think Great all of chat. us on a coffee hour, right? Like relate to that. You're welcome, so world awkward. Excellence. Yeah. Yep. Excellence and awkwardness. Thanks for the great chat today and looking forward to continuing the conversation on uh, topics within intimacy as well. Thanks so much, Heidi, for the great chat on uh, finding hope from brokenness to restoration. And I look forward to chatting with you next week. 
see you next week and we'll talk childhood next week which i am very excited about love it you've been listening to the coffee hour i'm andy bates i'm sarah golseth The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you. Anytime. Anywhere. Anywhere.